So here's the question, Kirk. Are you ready for Ask Kirk tomorrow? DeMarco handled Ask Slee pretty seamlessly. He was ready to go. Are you ready for it tomorrow? Yeah. Because even the Friday ones get a little they get a little out there. Yeah, I, I can handle it. I think I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Is there anything that uh, you, you want to get into? Is there anything that you'd like to avoid? Is, uh, g- give me an idea of what you're looking for from your edition of Ask Slee. Uh, for me, uh, always food recommendations. Um, that's <laughs> always going to be a thing. Um, I guess also children's movies because the big thing going on in the Morrison household is that tomorrow's the premiere of the Paw Patrol movie. So <laughs> kids' movies is a big thing right now. Um, so yeah, you can people can start thinking about their the best kid movies to watch because you know how it is. As an adult, you go take your kids and you're like, okay, this is all for the kids. And yet all of a sudden, you're more captured of the the movie than the kids are. Boy. It- <laughs> That, that is the ultimate test of whether the movie's good or not, right? Because you'll take your kids to a movie, and if you get one that's perfect, you end up with something like Toy Story, right? Yeah, Where oh yeah. The, kid, the kids <laughs> love it, and you love it, and it's just it, it's a win across the board. And then you can get something like Space Chimps, where five seconds into it, you're like, this is, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. What, how, how, much, how long have we been here? Six hours? Wait, we've been yeah. here 11 minutes? How in the world am I going to make through another 90 minutes of this? That's, uh, I like that. I like where your head's at on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also something, too, that you know, Space Jam 2 came out recently. My five-year-old daughter, now she loves LeBron James. And okay. I have to tell her... You know the Space Jam one is better, and yeah, she's like, Mike. No. <laughs> <laughs> "Michael Jordan was in that. Who was that?" And I'm just like, yeah, you "That's know, a killer, isn't it, it? it?" That's the one that just really just oh, it just stabs you in the heart. <laughs> like, wh- who is Michael Jordan? Oh, yeah. oh but goodness. I like LeBron James. LeBron James is cool. <laughs> okay, you babe, need to you, you need to educate that little girl on on <laughs> Michael and his impact on on not just basketball but everything. How about this, Kirk? This is great. Uh, I mentioned you that uh, ASU had a basketball player named Remy Martin. Yes. <laughs> um, this is a tweet from Here Comes a Regular. I did not know this. It said, yeah, ASU had Remy Martin. They also have a hockey player named Johnny Walker. <laughs> and, then, and then you also have a baseball player named Jose Cuevo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think their shortstop is Jose Cuervo punch, but I like where your head's at on that. And Jim Beam isn't playing center field either. <laughs> that's not how, how it works, but that's amazing. He's they a quarterback at a team. <laughs> <laughs> quarterback at a football team. <laughs> Starting at quarterback is uh, is Jim oh. Beam. That's great. They have a Remy Martin and a Johnny Walker. The biggest surprise of all is that uh, ASU has a hockey team. Who thought that yeah. was coming in? <laughs> Nobody thought about that at all. Too good. I, yeah. Too good. Indoors. Right, so indoors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised you can even keep ice in one piece and in, indoors in Phoenix. All right, um, Otani did Otani stuff last night. He hit his 40th home run of the season. He, he gets to 50 easy, right? They got 40 games left. He's going to hit 10 home runs in 40 games, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, easy. So he he's going to hit 50 home runs. He'll probably win. Let's say he's eight and one right now. What is he going to win? 10, 11 games probably. Uh, I, I would say at least 10 is the low mark. Okay. At, so least t- at least 10. 10 games, wins. Yeah. 50 home runs. It just sounds so stupid to say it out loud. Yeah. But the question I've got for you and the question I have for the listeners, 877-710-ESPN. I've already started to get some responses on Twitter. And this is nothing short of a miracle to me. And, and I don't think that I disagree with any of it. Without exception, every answer I've gotten on Twitter to the question, would you rather have Mike Trout or Shohei Otani? 
every last person is picking Otani. Think about that. Mike Trout and Funch, I don't know if there's a number for Hall of Fame probability on the baseball reference page, but if there is for Trout, it's got to be something in the high 90%. And everyone that we're talking to is saying Otani. That's that's how good Shohei Otani is, that they'd rather have him instead of Mike Trout. <sighs> no, I, I would – you have to agree, Travis. Yeah. It's the right Only choice. Be, because – and I'm thinking more as just the the fan in me right now is that no matter what, every day I feel that Shohei is giving me something different. And look, Mike Trot was giving me that every day because you know he was a center fielder. He can you know he's pitching every day. He's out there in the field. He can make a play. But I think me and you we sort of talked about this. There is a swagger about Shohei Otani mike trout just doesn't have for me like mike trout is a good baseball player but i think that's also been sort of a criticism of him he's not really flamboyant he's not really hey look at me he's a you know a guy with you know a low cut keep your hair hat on tucked in jersey like it's not really much he's an old school guy which which is which works for him it's him it's It's him authentic to himself it's totally fine but if you're looking at the Fernando Tatises, you're looking at the Vlad Jr. Guerrero Juniors, Acuna, and even Mookie. Shohei, yeah, uh, yeah, even Shohei though, like watching him, he's got a walk, he's got a swagger to him that it, it's just pretty cool, man. Like I, I'm like this dude is like I don't know him personally, and maybe we don't get a chance to speak with him a lot because obviously it's through an interpreter. Mm-hmm. But I go off body language. I go yeah. off the, the, the walk. I, I go off how he acknowledges people. And for him, he's having fun, but he does it in this loose manner that I'm yeah. like, man, that dude is cool. Yeah, it it's funny. I, I, I am a big observer of body language. I think it tells right. you a lot about somebody. I think it tells you a lot about the dynamics of a group, to be sure. And and I think you said something important. Because Otani's English isn't he's not comfortable speaking in English first he speaks through an interpreter right. we have to rely a lot more on his body language on nonverbal swag Correct. as opposed yeah. to verbal swag right and just the way that dude moves the way that he walks to the batter's box the way that he walks off the mound after getting the third out of an inning the way that he runs the bases the way that he smiles when he hits one mm-hmm. 900 miles into the seats <laughs> just everything about him it just screams i got this yeah. I got this. This is like, and not in an arrogant way, but in an no, incredibly confident way. It's this. Do y'all know how easy this is for me? <laughs> do, do, do you understand how much better I am at this than the rest of you? Do you understand that there's no one on earth? Think about this, Kirk. Yeah. There's not a person on earth. All what is it? Seven billion of us at this point, give or take. Yeah. There's not one other person who can do what he does. Think how. Think about how that makes you walk around. Yeah. Okay. Or, or yeah, or or people before him too. I mean, we're right. talking about just right now. Think about all the guys that came before him and what he's doing, and at at the pace that he's doing it. But I think also too, what what reminds me of is that I watch his swing, uh-huh. and you know, I got back into in golf. Right, I've been yep. a big pandemic golfer, and I got back into it because I used to play a lot when I was an active player. But I watch his swing, and his swing reminds me of when you catch that nice little wedge perfect, mm. right, yeah. or that drive. His swing is just like you just know. Like I, when, when I watch the highlights or I watch a game, I don't have to worry if that's warning track or not. When he gets a hold of it just by the swing, you know. Like I watch when I watch PGA Tour golf, yeah. I watch a, a guy when he, he, he hits it, I'm like, 
this the sound like the swing it's got the he sound. makes he makes it look yeah. easy he makes it look effortless i should say yeah everything about him just screams i'm better at this than you and i know it and you know it <laughs> and let's just go have a party it's just it's fantastic travis lee's brought to you by progressive insurance all guests appear via the goodyear hotline let's try cypress for a phone call here tim in cypress tim you're on with travis and kirk what's up tim hey how's it going guys enjoying the show uh, Otani is having the greatest season in the history of baseball. When you look at mm-hmm. baseball, there's very few people who have innovated the game. Most guys are great hitters, great pitchers. You are who you are. You have plenty of examples, but this guy being a pitcher and a hitter, he's almost going to affect the game the way we see like a Steph Curry in basketball where everybody starts shooting threes. Now when you see a young prospect who has a 95-mile-per-hour fastball and can hit the long ball, instead of positioning him to one thing, now you will see teams actually start – innovating and changing the game by taking these outstanding athletes and put them on the field. And that enough is alone because there's very few trendsetters in the sport of baseball. And I feel like this guy is not only a trendsetter, he's setting a bar that's just going to be ridiculous. And it's a standard which we very seldom see in baseball. I love that call. Thank you, Tim. That, that, mm. is, that is absolutely fantastic because he, he couldn't be more spot on. Kirk, you, you, you played baseball, right? You were yeah, a baseball oh, player yeah. in uh-huh. high school. And, and, you know, you were a football player. Obviously, you go play college football. You get drafted right. in the NFL, have a fantastic NFL career. But at some point, they make you choose between sports. Well, baseball is one of the few sports where you have to choose between disciplines Position. inside your sport, right? Yeah. There are a lot, a lot of high school baseball players that are the best pitcher on their team and the best hitter on the team. A lot. Because more often than not, the best athlete, he's going to be both of those things, right? There are some, fewer, but some college baseball players that are the best pitcher on their team, and they're the best hitter on their team. They're two-way players in college all over the place. They exist. Believe it or not, Alex Verdugo, used to play for the Dodgers, currently Mm -hmm. plays for the Red Sox, could probably pitch in the major leagues. He's good enough to do it. He was one of those guys that said, you know what, let's turn you into a hitter. You're more valuable over here. Jake Cronenworth, who plays for the Padres, was a two-way player who could probably pitch in the major leagues. But it's, you know what, let's have him, you know, he can play a lot of positions on the infield. Let's leave him there. He's going to play every day. He's more valuable there, et cetera, et cetera. But what Tim just said is spot on. The same way that Steph Curry made it okay to shoot a 30-footer, Shohei Otani is going to make it okay for other major league baseball teams to say, you know what, let's draft that kid that throws 96 and also, by the way, hit 40 home runs. Let's take Mm -hmm. him. Let's let him do both in the minor leagues. Let's let him go through and do this. And may, look, I'm not saying that we're going to get a whole bunch of Shohei Otani showing up, but we might no. get a couple of guys that are close. We might get a couple of guys who are two-way guys because once you break the mold like that, more guys will follow. I got a, I got a button here really quick, though. But sure. aren't we forgetting about how baseball and our viewership changed with McGuire and Sosa in the 98 season and Barry Bonds in the 2001 season? Just how we viewed baseball changed completely with both those seasons. We aren't changing how we're viewing baseball by watching Shohei Otani. We may be changing how players grow up, but us as a viewer aren't really changing our viewership of baseball. Oh, I would have to disagree, Emily. I think that we can in the in the coming years. I think that to his point, the caller's point, is that Steph Curry didn't happen right away. It was a slow evolution of the three-point shot being a true weapon in the NBA. And now if you don't have a three-point shooter on your team, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult to win basketball games. I think that with now Shohei 
and what he's shown now, it is giving kids more options. One of the things I loved growing up as a kid is watching the College World Series, watching a guy go pitch eight innings, but also be the fourth, be the cleanup hitter. Clean up. Right. <laughs> he, he plays cleanup. And I'm like, I used to love that. And I'm like, why did we get away from that with the kids in college? And all of a sudden you get to the Major League Baseball and you can only be this. Um, I grew up one of my one of my good buddies, right? I grew up watching him, grew up playing against him, and it was one of the hardest things ever. But Dontrell Willis was the guy who I saw mm. who yeah. could hit and pitch, right? But when you get to the major leagues, he's a pitcher. You're a pitcher, but I'm saying yeah. like. I've watched this kid from Little League. He was the best hitter, and he was the best pitcher. Why are you saying he can only just pitch? But I think it is now open my And maybe this is because it could be Japanese baseball as well. Maybe this could be in foreign leagues where they give you that opportunity. You're you're able to do that. Where here in, in the major leagues, you're taught that this is what you have to be. And then on the, the other side of it too, Emily, this is what I was thinking of. Will the owners even allow this? Because if Shohei Otani says, guess what? When his time comes up for a contract, (laughs) you have to back the Brinks truck up because I'm not getting paid as just a pitcher. I'm not getting paid as just a hitter. I'm getting paid as one of the best players that can do all of it. So that's a Mookie Betts and a Kershaw contract together. Let's start right. Bingo, bingo, (laughs) bingo, bingo. If I'm Shohei Otani's agent, I'm getting Artie Moreno on the phone and saying, look, um, I got the best hitter in baseball. Who's the highest paid position player in baseball? That's Mookie Betts. Okay, that's our starting point. We, I want I want a dollar more than Mookie Betts gets because I'm up next. Right. Um, who's the highest paid, player, or highest paid pitcher in baseball? Believe it or not, this season, it's Trevor Bauer. Okay, so mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer gets $38 million a year. I'd like 39 So took my 39 for my pitching. Take my 35 for my – I'd like $79 million a year, please. And, and Kirk. Go ahead and, and explain worked. to me why that's not right. That's crazy. It's crazy to think that that is, that is perfectly reasonable. Perfectly <laughs> reasonable. Perfectly not, reasonable. It's, yeah. It's, it's not only unreasonable, <laughs> it's logical. Yeah. It, 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 it makes perfect sense. I want to give the Angels a little bit of credit here. I need 10 seconds to give them some credit because they take, we take, a lot of, they take a lot of heat about the fact that they're not playing meaningful games, et cetera, et cetera. The reason we have Shohei Otani in the major leagues is because the Angels were the one team that said, sure, come on in and do both. Dodgers said, you know what, let's pick one. Cubs, Red Sox, Yankees, all the other teams that were in on him said, you know what, we're not saying no, but let's pick a lane to start, and then we can add the other thing as we go. But if you want to come and hit, we'll take you. You want to come in and pitch, we'll take you. But the Angels were the one team that said, nah, come on in. Let's do both. Let's see what happens. They deserve credit for that. All right, we're throwing an exclusive fantasy football draft party, and we want to invite you and nine of your closest friends. Here's how you do it. It's all happening on Friday, August 27th at Hollywood Park Casino, and it will be hosted by Key, Scott Kaplan, and myself. Here's how you do it. Call 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Callers number 13 and 14. We're going to give away a couple here. Callers 13 and 14, you're going to win entry into the draft party with nine of your friends. We'll be there broadcasting live from 4 to 7 at Hollywood Park Casino. The draft party is going to start at 7, and everyone attending is going to receive food, drinks, swag bags, and a chance to win some tickets to see the Rams and the Bears at SoFi Stadium, a high-sense 55-inch 4K ULED TV and more. Thanks to our friends at Hollywood Park Casino. Elevate your game. In 15 minutes, we're going to take a whip around the NFL. we got a fourth and four coming up. But up next, what's that sports relationship that we wish we could get back? That's coming up. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. So, Kirk, I've seen you swing a bat. I believe you were doing a game at Fresno State. Is that where I saw you take BP? Yes, yes. Yeah, so Kirk was calling a college football game. Uh, up at Fresno State, and you got on the baseball diamond. You got to put on, uh, get, get put on some batting gloves, get in the cage, mm-hmm. and, take, and you can hit. And I'm yeah, not I'll... just saying that. Like I would love to tell you that you can't. That would make me a lot happier to tell me to, for me to get to tell you that you suck at swinging yeah. a bat. But you can swing a bat. So with that in mind, yeah. Did you ever have to hit against Dontrell Willis because that dude was legit? He was awesome. I did. I had one opportunity, one opportunity against Dontrell Willis uh, when we were both we were uh, our fifteen and under league Babe Ruth okay. baseball, and I went up there and look. I was like, "Oh, here we go," and I, I walked. And I'm not so sure oh, really? if the bat even. I'm not even so sure that the bat even got off my shoulders. Um, he was throwing some of this. The, he had this wicked curveball that literally went like by the first baseline and all of a sudden found its way into the pitchers I mean into the catcher's mitt. I have no idea. Like literally that's how much spin he had on his curveball. He's like, there's no whoa, how did that happen? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> and then he will come up and just hit a two run homer, right? Uh, yeah. he was one of the best hitters, but yeah, I I, I walked. So yeah. Yeah, good for you. Hey, that's better than just about anything else. All right, here's a quick tweet. <laughs> this is from James. It says, Hey Trav, next five years, Otani or Trout hashtag ask sweet tea. You know, here's here's why I would take it, it th- that question, Kirk specifically, is the only spot where I'm kind of maybe leaning a little bit towards Trout because right. Trout's been pretty durable. He's still in the smack of his prime, right? The early 30s for a Major League Baseball player is still really good. Correct. And Otani, unfortunately, has had a little bit of injury stuff along the way, so mm. I would maybe lean Trout in that scenario, but it's by a hair or two. They're, they're both just extraordinary. But any time beyond that, give me Otani. 10 out of 10 times. All right, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Save up to $700 at Progressive.com. All right, so KD, speaking of your neck of the woods up in the Bay Area, KD is no longer in Golden State. He's in Brooklyn. He's getting ready to take on the Lakers in the NBA Finals if everything goes according yeah. to plan, blah, blah, blah. Oh, don't forget Christmas. <laughs> yeah, go Christmas too. You're right, for sure. And, a, and opening day of preseason. They're going to play yeah, each other a bunch of times this upcoming season. But that team that he was on in Golden State with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, that whole group of guys, one of the greatest NBA teams of all time to be sure, and it blew apart. And here's KD and Draymond Green talking about why that thing came to pieces. How much did our argument against the Clippers drive you to ultimately lead the Warriors? It wasn't the argument. It was the, the way that everybody, Steve Kerr, act like it didn't happen. Bob Myers and tried to just discipline you and think that that would put the mask over everything. I really felt like that was such a big situation for us as a group. The first time we went through something like that, we had to get that all out. When we landed back from LA, 
They pulled me in that room at Signature for an hour and 45 minutes, and they tried to tell me, you need to apologize. And I told them, I'll talk to Kay, but y'all aren't going to tell me what I need to say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they went on for an hour and 45 minutes talking, saying a bunch of And I told them right then and there, I said, y'all about to this up. I said, the only person that can make this right is me and Kay. And there's nothing that y'all can do, and y'all are going to this up. And in my opinion, they it up. I think so, too. All right, so that's Draymond and Kevin uh, Durant. I, I, I kind of sort of get where they're coming from, but if you guys wanted to clean it up between yourselves, clean it up between yourselves. Why did you let them get in the way of it in the first place? Well, I think this was – it was huge. And, and by the way, Travis, I, I, mean, I was there that night, too. Mm. I just so happened you – know, obviously, I like to watch the Warriors when they come to town – it's kind of hard to get a ticket when the Warriors are playing against the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy one. Got to call Michael Thompson. Call Ireland. <laughs> but when they're playing against the Clippers, oh, come on down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just being real, man. And I remember we were watching it, and I remember the, mo- the final moments of that game. It was, you know, I think the Clippers had went up, and then it was the Warriors who had to climb back into the game. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the play, the sequence. It was probably about maybe 10 seconds left. The ball uh, is inbounded by the Warriors. They're going up the court, and everybody knows the ball should be in Kevin Durant's hands. And yet it was in Draymond Green's hands, who's trying to get the ball to Durant. But at, at the last second, he just decides to go do his own thing and dribbles the ball off of his foot, turn the ball over, and the Clippers end up winning that game. Yeah. But it was a little development on the sideline. And my buddy who – because I wasn't even paying attention to it, and my buddy points down and and points to the sideline. And I look, and I was like, whoa. And you can see that this wasn't just an ordinary argument. This was something that probably had been festering for yeah, a long, long time. It's been bubbling and festering. And finally, it just all came out in that moment. The frustrations maybe that Draymond had felt, maybe the frustrations that Kevin Durant had felt. I think at that time, the guys just they had to let it out. And Draymond said some choice words on the bench that a lot of people had talked about. <laughs> and, well, you know, I think obviously it was a situation where it was like, and, and Travis, I don't know if you had this before, but there's been situations where you've encountered someone and they've said something that you maybe didn't like, and they're done to you. Like, I'm done. Like, there's sure. nothing you can say to come back from it. Like, I'm sure. good. Because yeah. what you said to me is always in my mind. It's not something I can get around and move from. I think it was that same situation where I'll continue to work with you. We have a working relationship, but off the court, like, we're done. And I think that it just it it just kept festering and festering, and obviously it was one of the reasons why Kevin Durant left the Warriors, and now he's with the Brooklyn Nets. But okay. to see these guys talk it out, though, why couldn't like you mentioned, Travis? Why not talk this out back when it first happened? Why why did we have to get to a podcast for these two guys to come together and talk <laughs> this stuff out? That's the part I don't get. And here here everything you just said, Kirk, I, I'm with the the choice words that Draymond dropped on KD. Right? <laughs> yes. We all we all know what they are. We don't need right. to repeat them or hint at them. We know what they are. That's exactly why the Warriors, as an organization, felt like they needed to intercede. Because right. they knew KD had certain feelings. Right. That if he, if he gets called out or hears things, he goes to a place. They were trying to prevent 
what ultimately ended up happening anyway because Katie's feelings got hurt. So he decided he had to leave. So they were trying to fix it because they knew that this end game was potential was possible. Mm-hmm. So if you guys look, Dr- Draymond is look, first of all, let me back up a little further. Guys argue happens all the time, all the time, especially all when you're time. competing at a high level like that, where yes. you know somebody misses an assignment or they don't pass you the ball. It's like, what the are you doing? <laughs> Wake the up! You know, it, it yeah. happens oh, all yeah. the time, and it's not personal. It's not correct. Now, when you say, "Hey, you're acting like a blankety blank," that's a little different. Yeah. That that's the that's the soft <laughs> spot, especially with Kevin Durant. And I think the Warriors were trying to get in front of it. And it obviously didn't work, but if these guys couldn't get together before the Warriors got involved in it, it wasn't going to work anyway. I don't know why it's the organization's fault and not the two guys involved fault. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but it just seems that arguments like this or just that dust up, I think the people around it built it up, made it even bigger, right? And you just wish that it could have came together, though, Travis. And it just got me to thinking, like, arguments or dust-ups or things that we've seen around sports before that now everybody wants to have these conversations now yeah. right why, why couldn't we have these conversations before right can i throw like, one in there sure i mean we all remember the television show with shaq and kobe getting together and talking it out mm. years after the whole thing had broken apart and it's like dude I'm really happy you guys are friends again. I'm really happy that you're on the same page and you guys can share a glass of wine together and laugh at old stories. How about we figure that out before Shaq ends up in Miami? How about we figure that out before then? Why do we have to wait for this stuff to come around? Why couldn't Mike Piazza and the Dodgers come to an agreement before I had to see him wearing a stupid Florida Marlins hat? Why did I have to see that? Let's let's get these relationships squared away before the the, the guy that you absolutely have to have walks out the door. It's just I don't understand the timing of it all. Well, also, too, one relationship that I thought about, and I wish it could have been better, and it finally is kind of – that's what I'm saying, like – you wait all this time, and all of a sudden now everybody's making nice, everybody's happy. Now people are being inducted in the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. Because the one that really came to mind for me, Travis, was I grew up, you know, not liking the 49ers in the Bay Area. I hated the 49ers. Who doesn't? And the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Remember that little rain that they sure. had over the over the 49ers for that bit. And now that I'm watching Hard Knocks, you know, you think about some of the stuff that that relationship between Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, like what if they would have been able to put put stuff behind them? What would that reign have looked like for the Dallas Cowboys had Jimmy Johnson still remained the head coach and not him and Jerry Jones kind of getting into their little tiff that honestly wasn't really resolved until of recent that now Jimmy Johnson will be in the ring of honor with Dallas. So that that was another one I was thinking a relationship I wish didn't have to be broken up. They traded Mike Piazza for Todd Zeal and, and Charles Johnson and Gary Sheffield. I, I'm still it's still an open wound, Kirk. I'm, I'm not I'm not, I'm not ready to turn You're the not page. Ready to move on. on that one. Todd no, Zeal, no, I won't you... be. I'm going to be in a box in the ground before I decide that I decide that that one is something I'm getting over. All right, coming up in 15 minutes. What are the Dodgers going to do to keep chipping away at the Giants? I have a plan. But coming up next, it is fourth and four. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Is your vehicle due for service? If it is, head in your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Because for over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. That means no dragging the kids into a dirty, uh, dirty waiting room. At Valvoline, you stay in your car nice and safe while the expert technicians make sure that your car is at its peak. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up. 
Drive in and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons off of your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. You had an opportunity to do a fourth and four yet, Kirk? Yeah, I would had one last week, but uh, this is new. I haven't done it with Travis, so I'm ready to roll. All right, Emily, hit us. All right, so... To, just to refresh everybody, I'm going to give a statement, and if you agree with it, you're going to go for it, and if you disagree with it, you're going to go ahead and punt, okay? Got it. All right. So, first statement is, the Rams will sign a veteran running back before week one of the season. And Kirk, is it a punt or a go for it? Oh, I'm going for it. They will. They have to. I think that right now, you look at their running back position, uh, Daryl Henderson's only in his third year in the NFL. He is the oldest back on the team. In his third year, everybody else is young. And look, Emily, they the other backs on the Rams roster has the same amount of carries in the NFL as I do. Zero. <laughs> you need experience. You need experience. And so, with an expanded practice squad, I wouldn't mind seeing the Rams just bring someone in that the young guys can bounce ideas off of. I, I think that they will. So I'm going for it. I'm going to go for it, too, but I'm going to call a quick little play. I'm not going to throw the ball down the field (laughs) because the the word veteran is the one that gives me a little bit of pause. If we're talking about somebody who has played in the NFL, then sure, they're going to go and and find a veteran, I think. But if you're thinking that Adrian Peterson or Todd Gurley are walking (laughs) through that door, that's not going to happen. It'll be a guy that's been in the league, but it's not going to be a name that you recognize unless you are a real deep-dive football guy. (laughs) All right, next one. Tim Tebow sadly was cut from the punt, Jaguars. Punt, 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 punt. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Tim Tebow will make his way back to the Jaguars, but this time as a coach. Travis, is his punt or go for it? Punt, and here's why. Tim Tebow, who by all accounts is a wonderful guy. I've never met anybody that has spent time with Tim Tebow who doesn't like him. He, he is universally liked by people that know him and universally liked by people that are Gator fans and along the way. But Tim Tebow likes to be the center of attention. Tim Tebow likes to be in the spotlight, right? That's why he decided after playing football when they wanted to make him a kind of a, a special teamer, nah, 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 I'll go play baseball, which made some spotlights. And then when that ended and it wasn't a spotlight in the minor leagues, he said, I'm going to go back and play football. I got another spotlight. Tim Tebow's not interested in doing the work that comes along with being an assistant coach in the NFL, so I'm going to punt that. 
I'm going to go for it, Travis. I think I'm going for it because I think he can fill many roles, right? He could be like the team chaplain. He could be the team psychiatrist. He could be – so we put if we're putting just coach, I don't know about just coach, but I think that he can fill a role uh, within that team doing something, right? Tim Tebow being around – and not on the field. We don't have to worry about on the field anymore. We already know that he's done. He's done with the field stuff. We, we saw the block this weekend. That was horrible. He's done playing football. But I think he does bring a, 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 a sense of like confidence. He's got a lot, man. I, I, I'll just stick it, with him being a, a guy that does many things. Absolutely. I don't know, though, if a team needs a chaplain that's the most famous name on their <laughs> roster. That's why I think that that's probably not a great idea. All right, the next one. Yesterday it was announced that the, that the Washington football team has narrowed down their next name to about a, couple, a group of eight names, including Armada, Presidents, Brigade. But here's my, here's my statement. The Washington, the Washington football team should just stick with the Washington football team as their name. Travis, punt or go for it? Go for it. Absolutely. I, I When I heard football team for the first time, WFT, Washington football team, I thought it was the dumbest, silliest, lamest, most uninspired name I've ever heard in my life. And then a couple weeks went by, I'm like, you know what? That's kind of cool. It is so minimalist. It is so basic that it has a great deal of cachet. That it, It's just the Washington football team. Like soccer teams are named yeah. throughout the world, right? That you are the city you play in, soccer club. That, I absolutely love it. I think that they stumbled into something that is just a fantastic name. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, I'm going to go for it as well, Travis. This is prestigious, man. This is When I hear Washington football team, it just seems like a distinguished group of men who play for the football <laughs> team in Washington. It, 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 to me, it's fantastic. It, it feels like these guys arrive to the stadium in, in three-piece suits, right? You know what I mean? Three the Washington, <laughs> Yeah, the Washington football team has right. arrived. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just sounds bigger than maybe than, I think, their prior nickname. So I, I wish that they would stick with what they got. You know, one thing I would like to see him do, I said I wouldn't change a thing. I would change one thing. I think they need to go to a new color scheme because the color scheme that they have right now is so reminiscent of their old name right. that you still kind of think of them as the old name. If we're trying to get rid of that, let's go with a new color palette too. All right. Justin Fields will be the starter for the Bears in week one of the NFL season. So, Kirk, punt or go for it? Um, I'm punting this. He will not be. It, this is still Andy Dalton's team. Their head coach, Matt Nagy, was there with Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. He was on that. He was the uh, quarterback's coach with Andy Reid. They watched how they you know, matured and you know, got Patrick Mahomes up to speed. He is all in on doing the same thing with Justin Fields. This is a long-term play. My only, The only scary thing here, Travis and Emily, the only thing that scares me the most that this is a kind of a make or break year for you know Matt Nagy, and all of a sudden he starts off zero and three, zero and four, or one and four with uh, Andy Dalton. Coaches on the hot seat, they pull that ripcord real fast, <laughs> real fast. That we may not see him week one, but we'll see Justin Fields a lot earlier than we expected. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to punt it as well. Kirk, t- stop me if you've heard this scenario before. A team comes in with a coach who's in its last year. They just spent yes. a very high-round draft pick, and they put him on the bench because the coach knows if I don't win right away, I'm probably going to get sacked at some point during the year. And you wait and you hope that the veteran can keep you in the mix as long as possible. I'm not talking about Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and Matt Nagy. I'm talking about Jeff Fisher, Case Keenum, and Jared Goff, right? Did you remember that when we're sitting there oh watching this God. disastrous team, and we're thinking, well, why? And, and they got off to a three and one start that, yes. that first year. The Rams were back with Case Keenum as their quarterback. The Rams were three and one out of the gate, and I'm looking at you guys saying, why is Case Keenum this? They just picked Jared Goff number one overall. Let's get this thing going. And the answer was because Jeff Fisher knows if they don't win a bunch of games, they're going to get fired. And you don't win a bunch of games with a rookie quarterback, especially if the rest of the team isn't very good. So that's why Andy Dalton's going to get a chance to save Matt Nagy's job. Yeah, I I, I agree. All right, last one here. Uh, it was revealed this morning, uh, the Packers throwback uniforms that they're going to wear in week seven of this season. So my statement is the Packers throwback uniforms are, are just the Oregon uni- Oregon's uniforms in disguise. Uh, Travis, punt or go for it? Uh, go for it. Go Ducks, right? They, they, that's exactly what they look like. If they show up with chrome helmets, they're just <laughs> borrowing the stuff from uh, what they have in, in Eugene. Like I come from a family of Oregon Duck alumni. Yeah. I have children that have attended the University of Oregon. I know those uniforms, and I've seen them a lot, and I don't need to see them in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm punting this. I don't like it. All right, I like that Green Bay uniform, though the old old school one where they got like the brown helmet, the blue jersey, and it's like a circle with the number inside of it. That's the Packer uniform that is throwback. That's the one that's like for me that gets me back to uh, when football was first invented. Like you know what I mean? This new Nikefication, as they call it, Nikefying <laughs> of the NFL. <laughs> this really does like look that. like some Oregon uniforms. And if they yeah. did play and I turn it on, I'm like, whoa, there's an exhibition between Oregon <laughs> and the Chicago Bears going on. <laughs> hey, look, as an Oregon fan, I'm all for it, but I can see where everybody, not their cup of tea. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Well, the Giants finally lost to the Mets. Now we need the Mets to go cold again and why they might not against the the Dodgers here in L.A. That's coming up, plus the dump. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Kirk, you and I were talking about replica jerseys versus authentic jerseys versus T-shirt jerseys a little bit earlier. The Dodgers are getting ready to unveil their city jerseys. Have you gotten a chance yeah. to see them? They're the Dodger blue instead of the white home jerseys like they typically wear. It's a Dodger blue jersey with a white script across the chest that says Los Dodgers. Have you had a chance to see those yet? I, I did. I finally got a chance to see them, and they look pretty sweet, man. They pretty do, sweet. don't they? <laughs> it, it, it looks like a Dodger jersey, which first yeah. and foremost is the most important part. 
It is a perfect um, collaboration of the Dodgers and the city. It just feels right having Los Dodgers on the jerseys. The hats are going to say Los Dodgers as well. I'm all for it right up until I saw that they're going to wear Dodger blue pants as well, and then it immediately started to look like a softball team. <laughs> like a bunch of guys that just got off work from the accounting agency are going out there to play a weekend game. It's like I I, I like it. I love Los Dodgers. I like the Dodger blue, but the Dodger blue pants, man. I don't know about that. Yeah, a bunch of Smurfs just running around <laughs> in the outfield. You that's can't go great. blue on blue. But that's gonna be kind of kind of different, man. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. Maybe blue pants, white top. I don't know. This the Dodgers uniform is just so iconic that you can't yes. really. Don't try to mess it up. It's like USC, uh, Alabama. Like see. there's like some certain iconic uniforms that you you just you, you can't leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Just I mean, it is I, it is what it is. I I couldn't agree more. I've said the same thing, and that's why we get along because we see that the same way. <laughs> but the Los Dodgers jersey with white Correct. Dodger pants would be yes. pretty sweet. I think. Yeah. I think that would look pretty. We'll see. We'll see. I'll uh, I'm going to give them a chance. As a Dodger fan, I'm willing to uh, give it a chance. Travis Lee's brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. So Steve Cohen is the owner of the New York Mets, and he is a rich guy. And he's yes. a head fund manager and has made stacks and stacks and stacks of money. Um, good for him. Congratulations to him. I would like to have stacks and stacks of money <laughs> at some point in my life. But Kirk, the owner of the team, give me I need and this is important, hedge fund right. manager, made his money by being a financial whiz. Okay, got it. Yeah. Tweeted this. It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. Dude, you're a hedge fund manager. Why don't you leave the swings and the approach to the guys that are paid to know swings? And I get it. The Mets aren't scoring any runs, and you're disappointed right. that your team is in the toilet. But I can't imagine. Kirk, what would you have thought if, uh, I don't know, Al Davis at least was a player and a coach yes. and some yeah. other things along. Different. So Al Davis isn't a great example. But when you were in Buffalo and Jacksonville yeah. playing for those teams, if they would say, hey, Kirk, I need you to bend your knees when you're trying to tackle a guy, <laughs> what would your response have been? Man, if you don't get out here and do it yourself, get out of here, man. Bring your old ass out here and do it, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, man, shot to, uh, I think, Mr. Weaver. I think it was Wayne Weaver was our uh, was the in owner Jacksonville. in Jacksonville, I remember. Yeah. Uh, it was an older guy, but I think he was uh, on some, like, I forgot what. He came into money from another one. I think like on, like, big lots and all that stuff, oh, okay. like all those chains. and Sure. And yeah, if he ever came, hey, Kirk, what I need you, know, you to do is I need, your, you, I need you to set your shoulder on the outside <laughs> to make sure that it, God, get the out of here. Like, get out of here. I, I do this for a living. I understand you're my boss. I understand that you signed my check, but can you please tell? Stop telling me how to approach a major league at bat. Get the yeah, out of here. I, I can't. I couldn't do that with somebody who didn't play. But I did have those conversations with the late Al Davis, though. Like when he would come around the locker room, not the locker room, but he would be in the building. Everybody knew when Al would be in the building. And first of all, you can smell them from like I would say at least about a mile away, because that 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 that. Do that I want to ask the question, Kirk? Oh, okay, the cologne. I was gonna say, what do you <laughs> yeah. smell like? Oh, okay, you, yeah, cologne. You can smell them. That's I guess it, the best possible answer you could have given. It was that the other I, options were very unsavory. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it, it is a thing, but like that old school Italian kind of. You know that brute. I don't know if that's the the perfect name. Oh of yeah, the that, yeah, the stuff you get at Savon. Yeah, I, I, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like you can smell it. Like, whoo! Oh yeah, Mr. Davis and Al's in the house. <laughs> Mr. Davis. That's right. He's yeah, always Mr. Mr. Davis. Davis. I always Mr. Davis. But he would have. Yeah. Hey, come here, Kirk. You gotta 
make sure you back up a little bit so you can see what's going on. You're too close to the line of scrimmage. And you're like, oh, okay, Mr. Davis. Like, But he watched film. Like, So tips from him compared to another owner. I, and he's I a football guy. He was the coach of the team. He, he has a, coach, a football yeah. background. He watched everything, right? And so he, I think he would take one thing and just always just harp on it all the time. You're still not backing up. Like, I'm doing so many other great things. Why do you keep talking about this one thing? That you- <laughs> exactly. So the Mets finally, after Cohen told them to, you know, have a better approach at the plate, the players were like, yeah, we heard it. We saw it. The manager, Rojas, is like, yeah, no, it was a topic of discussion in our clubhouse, which basically means we hated it. <laughs> but they did go out and win. They right. did finally beat the Giants for the first time in a long time. Uh, they're coming down to L.A. They open up a four-game series against the Dodgers yeah. tonight. Uh, I ho- hopefully they don't they don't listen to Cohen anymore. They go back to their bad <laughs> approaches along the way because the Dodgers, when they were in New York last weekend, I know that they swept the series. They won all three games. The last one on Sunday Night Baseball was that fourteen to four laugher along the way. Mm-hmm. But the first two games could have gone either way. This is this is not just that. Oh, the Mets are playing the. I think I don't think the Mets have won a game in over a week. But right. you better be ready to go because this is a bad team that's being embarrassed by their owner. They're going to have something for you. You need to be buckled up. Yeah, I think they'll be buckled up. But I think also too. Um, the Dodgers coming off of what they did last night, you got to feel confident going into this series against a team that you've already beaten at their place. Now being at your place, it, there, there's a sense of we know what's in front of us. And like I said, last night's victory going late into the innings, uh, you know, late late into the starting rotation, you, you feel good about where you're at heading into this. It isn't a parameter of where the Dodgers are at, no, because this is a team that they won't face in the playoffs. So, But you still have to bring that intensity. So I think that's the part that I focus on is that the attention to detail on a team that you're supposed to beat. Yeah, look, and here, here's – if there's a silver lining to being behind the Giants on August 18th, and, and I don't know if there is, but if there is one, I think it's this. Every game takes on a really mm. significant amount of importance. Yes. That you can't just do – because, look, NFL, again, a little bit different. You guys only play 16 games, 17 right. games now. So every single one of these is important. You know, 10-6 and puts you in the playoffs, 9-7 and sends you home. So you cannot <laughs> afford to let one go. When you play 162 Major League <laughs> Baseball games – you you can have a series against the Padres in the yeah. middle of the season. You're like, dude, I don't really give a damn. You know, I just <laughs> let's let's just we got 150 more of these to go. Whatever, but not right now. The Dodgers are still three games back, even though they chipped off a game yesterday. Good for them. Hopefully, they can continue to chip some off this weekend. But you cannot have that. Ah, the Mets aren't very good. They're going bad. We got one of our horses going on the mound tonight. We're in pretty good shape. And the next thing you know, you turn around. It's the seventh inning, and you're behind five to two. They don't they don't have the luxury of doing that. The Dodgers since. The Mets series. Okay. I really and I, I said this to Slee and I said it to DeMarco yesterday. Since that Mets series, the Dodgers have played every game with a sense of urgency. Yes. They haven't played every game perfectly, mm-hmm. but you can tell. The at-bats are a little different. The way they're running the bases is a little different. The way that the bullpen's being used is just moderately different. That they're doing things with a sense of urgency that did not exist prior to the All-Star break, and I don't think they're going to take their foot off the gas tonight. Yeah, urgency and efficiency, right? Doing the, the little things. They get you. Sometimes it, in the beginning of the season, you get away from your fundamentals. Now, all of a sudden, it's at a time where we got to be efficient, fellas. Get back on track being efficient. Then we can go back to being the loose team that can go up there and change the game in one swing of a bat. And there's really nothing that anybody says to you, right? That, you, that Dave Roberts doesn't bring the team together and say, all right, everybody sit down. Okay, start playing with intensity now. It, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You no. can feel it in the air. You, th- These guys can do math. 
they can look at it and say, hey, we're four games back. We only got 40 games left. We let, Let's go. Yeah. This is not something where you look at, hey, we're four games back. I got 80 games left. Eh, we're, we're okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, that math is really crystal clear, and you need to start – it's not anything a coach does. It comes from inside. It comes from your teammates. That's when that stuff starts to really matter, when nobody needs to say a word. Everybody knows what to do. Yeah, no, and you also know, too, nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to be that scapegoat. Everybody's trying to keep their job for next year as well because all of a sudden we remember, oh, man, you remember that final month of the season by this player, and that's what we remember. Like, man, can we trust on him next year? So guys are like, look, you're not, I'm not going to be the scapegoat while we don't make it to the playoffs. <laughs> that's going to be on, on you, not me. <laughs> not going to be on me. You know what time it is, Kirk? What's that? It's time to do the dump. It is Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN. The Max Kellerman Show is coming up in minutes. It is the final segment of Travis Slee, and you know what we do for the final segment. It's got an unfortunate name, but a great purpose. It's all the stuff we didn't get to. We call it The Dump. Kirk, were, when you were 15, were you in the 10th grade? Uh, Yes, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Okay, most of us, right? Most 15 us, years right. old, you're in the 10th grade. Yeah. Not Olivia Moultrie. She's 15 years old, and she just became the youngest woman or girl. I mean, you're 18, you're before 18, yeah. you're still a girl, right? But yeah. I guess she's playing pro soccer in the NWSL. She scored a goal, youngest woman ever, to put one in the net. Pretty impressive. Yeah, that's impressive, man. And now what's her NIL going to look like, right? Her <laughs> name, image, and likeness, right? right? Because does she even go to college? No, she's right? a pro just, already. Uh, yeah, she's a pro already, so she can't. does she not go back to college? I mean, we just saw a kid uh, forego his senior year of high school to enter Ohio State to say, because yeah. I can start making money off of my name, image, and likeness, and I can't do that while I'm a high school player. I was trying to make sure that I got enough George Brett and Pete Roses in my baseball cards when I was 15, not <laughs> not, not trying to find a way to uh, be a professional athlete. So congratulations to uh, Olivia for setting that mark at 15 years old. The King of Crenshaw podcast series is coming out, a 30 for 30 podcast series. I think everybody is really familiar with the 30 for 30 television shows. Correct. But the 30 for 30 podcasts are fantastic as well. The one that Ramona did on Donald Sterling was phenomenal. The one on... Uh, hot yoga was really, yes. really good. You got an inside look at that world, which is creepy as you know what. But uh, <laughs> the King of Crenshaw, you ready for that one? It's about uh, Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, it's about Nipsey Hussle. And look, it's a, the generation of basketball players right now currently, a lot of them kind of grew up with Nipsey Hussle. All of them started in you know, the AAU tournaments and you know worked their way up to high school, some college, some go straight to the NBA. But all of them kind of had that similar rise in terms of their professions, like Nipsey Hussle, the rapper, and a lot of these NBA players. That's why you remember when Nipsey Hussle passed away, well, was killed mm -hmm. a couple seasons back, the NBA really was kind of at a standstill for a little bit. So many guys that it impacted and it affected because he was doing such great things in the community. So it'd be interesting podcast. I want to see, especially with a guy who like Russell Westbrook coming yep. back to Los Angeles now where he grew up, where he played college, where he played high school and uh, him and Nipsey really good friends. So this is one of those docu uh, 30 for 30 podcasts, which I love to throw on for me. You give me a nice little drive, an hour and a half, two hours, I drop one in and there's been times Travis where I've listened to him and I can't get out of the car because yeah. I want to finish the episode. Sit in your driveway. Yeah, you're sitting in your driveway. The They're like, what are you doing? I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm looking forward to it for the reasons that you talked about that it just – they're always really well done and they're really yeah. interesting. But I'll be honest, I know virtually nothing about him 
and his mm-hmm. impact on, on the NBA players. And I'm looking forward to, to learning a little bit about it. I'm, I'm really, truly I, looking forward to that one. I do want to just throw quickly in there. I felt the same way about Donald Sterling, and I learned yeah. so much from that 30 for 30 about the Clippers and about the just the makeup of Donald Sterling. All right, the NBA 2K ratings are out and LeBron is a 98, which the only question I have is why is he not a 99? Because he's LeBron James and he should be a 99. <laughs> Giannis comes in at a 96 along with Steph. You got a couple. You got 94. Luca Anthony Davis is at 95. Joel Embiid is at a 95 as well. Here's my question. Let's go to the bottom of that list first. How are AD and Embiid on the same level? AD has accomplished <laughs> a whole hell of a lot more in this league than Embiid has. Yeah, I mean, I think these ratings sometimes are just for – people to talk, people to get engaged with. I said, I don't even want to know about their rating. I want to know the specific rating. Does, is there a health rating on there? Mm. Because if Anthony Davis is anything above 95 a for, a, for a health rating, <laughs> this game is blasphemy. right? <laughs> Joel Embiid, same thing. Uh, at least Giannis is a guy who's you know pretty healthy. LeBron, obviously, you hope that he stays healthy. He had the ankle injury, but I want to. Yeah, what, what should the rating be for like the health? I, w- I want to know that part of. Well, it. health has to be a part of it, and the other thing that's clearly being factored in to keep Luca at a ninety-four is you at least have to do a little bit on the other end of the floor, right? Correct. <laughs> you, yes. you can't just you can't be all around. If it was just I'm going to come out and cook you, and I'm going to make sure that I can do whatever I want, then Luca would be a hundred and seven. But the fact that he doesn't play D the way that he needs to it probably puts him at a certain point. You know, we, we've had the conversation. Luca's the guy you start the franchise with. Take oh, yeah. him off the board. That Luca's unavailable. Okay. If you had to play the next ten years with somebody in the NBA, who are you picking? Next ten years with somebody yeah. off? Wow, that's oh, why'd you throw that to me right now? In the next <laughs> ten years, man, that's that's tough, Travis. Um, for some reason, I I, I would say Devin Booker. Mm. Good answer. I would say Devin Booker because Steph is getting older. Yeah, I know yep. he'll still be able to shoot threes and all that. But I think like Devin Booker gives me a mindset of, yeah, that I can still score right now and I'm still not even in my prime yet. Ten's probably a little far out for this to be the answer, but if I backed it down to maybe six or seven, it's probably Giannis still, isn't it? Yeah, if, if, it's, if it's yeah. six or seven, seeing what he did last year oh, yeah. and seeing that he was able to go to that next level, it still feels like Giannis. Is, it, it's Luka at any stage at this point. Correct. Taking him off the board, it's probably Giannis if I dropped it to seven, right? And we can get yeah, He's still got time to even get a consistent jump shot, too. How about this, Kirk? We talked. We opened the show with this. We might as well close the show with this as well. McDonald's is going to put glazed donuts on their menu. Are you going to swing by McDonald's, get a coffee and some donuts in the morning, or are you still going to stick with the uh, egg McMuffin or sausage McMuffin? That's the correct choice as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm just the, the two for four fifty is good for me. I don't need anything extra. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that rolled off your tongue so effortlessly <laughs> makes me so happy. I can't. No, 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 no. Give me the two for four fifty. <laughs> that yeah. is just a part of your vocabulary. Is so good. Have you guys had the cinnamon roll there? I have not. I have not. Like I don't. It's I don't pretty do good. The, I can't do the pastries there. You know what I mean? Like I, can't I eat just cinnamon. for me, I come there with. You know. Oh, yeah, I mean? that's like, right. When they when they ask me, hey, welcome to McDonald's. Can I help you? I tell them, you know why I'm here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like just like Marshawn, you know why I'm here. Give me two for four fifty, and I've got my McDonald's app to get my iced coffee for ninety nine cents. So I'm perfect. Any hash browns in. there too? Oh, the hash yes. browns are money. Yeah, my wife is a hash brown gal. She's, I, I always she's feel all about like it. I get the two sandwiches as well, Kirk. I, right. I'm, I'm the two-sandwich guy, but the first one goes down in like three bites. You're like, yeah, oh, that's not good. And then you get halfway through that second one, I'm like, 
What's the matter with me? Why, 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 do, why do I have to have a second one of these? One is more than enough. Why do I have to have the second one? And then I eat it anyway. <laughs> oh, I swear. I thought I was the only one. That first one goes by so fast, and then you get halfway through the second one. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? Yeah, what, and, then what, you, and then you're like, all right, I'm not going to eat it. And you kind of like try to half wrap it up. And he's like, not a chance. I can't waste it, though. <laughs> no, no. Now you go from shame and guilt to, I can't waste food. You know, there are, there are hungry people out in the world. I can't let this thing go. I got, I got to eat it. See, I'm not the only one. I'm feeling better. Oh, I'm, I'm realizing that there are people out there just like me. Don't forget, you can find the Travis and Sleep podcast. Just go to the ESPN Los Angeles Twitter feed. They'll direct you right to it. You can find it there. Kirk, we will be back tomorrow. You know what we need to do? We spend a lot of time talking about the Rams tomorrow. Getting ready for that Raider game coming up on Saturday night. It is Travis and Slee. Kirk's in again tomorrow. We'll see you right here, 855. Don't be late. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.